0: it's a deep privilege to, to get to speak and to, and to speak about this topic that's um, you know that's that's actually really important it, it, you know I, I'm people approach Lent in lots of different ways I, I, I often approach it from the perspective of it's it's it's, it's time to pause and to, and to reflect and and this morning and, and over the next few weeks we're, we're going to be reflecting back on what what makes us uh, who we are and you know we're a um, uh, gosh, it was, I can't remember when, when Jonathan spoke about this, um, about this concept of nested stories, that our, our story, our, our personal story is nested in our family's story, which is nested in our community's story, which is nested in, in the church's story and, and ultimately in Jesus's story. And, and um, so, yeah, we thought it'd be really helpful to kind of look and see where, where we fit in this story. Uh, we're, a, we're a nation of do-it-yourselfers. And, um, and and we can almost subconsciously bring that same attitude to how we do church. We just kind of go, well I, I, I've got some ideas that I've, that I've come up with and, and I think it'd make for a, a really good way to do church. Uh, but one of the I think one of the um, w- w- when I first became a Christian, I, I probably didn't have a really high value for church um, in the sense of I just thought I'll find, a, I'll find one that suits me and I'll go there. And um, and uh, I knew it was important to be part of church, but I but I didn't really kind of consider this this deep the fucker of the church, you know. And and for all of us, for every church, uh, it needs to fucker papa back. It needs to have a, a direct lineage back to Peter, back to Jesus. Uh, and and the scripture that's on the screen at the moment it, it's this it's this uh, occasion when. Uh, Jesus uh, you know that had some high points that had some tough points in their ministry in the gospel ministry and and Jesus turns to Simon Peter and he says but who, who do you say I am you know, he was he' was saying well you know what are people saying about what's happening here and and then he says but who do you say I am we're, we're really familiar with this and I'm not going to give you probably a lot this morning that you're not familiar with but but it's this act of remembering Simon Peter answered you are the Messiah the son of a living God and Jesus replied you are blessed Simon son of John because my father in heaven has revealed this to you you didn't learn this from any human being and now I say to you that you are Peter which means rock and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not conquer it and uh, you know different church traditions uh, you know hold the person of Jesus higher than, than perhaps other church traditions." And, and yet the church exists because it's this, it's this handing on from one generation to the next. The church is always one generation away from dying and, and from ceasing to exist. If we, don't, if we don't pass our faith on, you know, I love it um, that Katie's with the urban, Urbanauts right now and, and, and serving the parents and helping to pass on this, this deep knowledge of the gospel, that, that this is what we build our lives and this is what we arrange our lives around. And so every church has to be able to link its existence back to, to Peter and back to Jesus. Uh, the, you know, the church is relationally unbroken all the way back to Jesus. And, a, you know, a standalone, unconnected local church is always a contradiction. You, know, you, you can't be an independent church. You, just, you can't be a pop-up church. It's it's this deep sense of one generation passing it on to the next generation, passing it on to the next generation. One, one group of people passing it on. We we always have this deep sense in church of one hand forward uh, to to those who are, who are calling us forward and to and to take the next steps in our in our following of Jesus, and one hand behind us, to to those that we're going to reach, and to those that we're responsible for and caring for. Uh, yeah, and again, it's really interesting. And in uh, you know, a number of us um, in urban uh, are doing a shared reading plan, and we started off in Luke. And, and um, first chapter's awesome. Second chapter, you hit the genealogy. Um, and you know, never been a great fan of genealogies, but 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 nonetheless, I faithfully read each name, <coughs> just for the sheer discipline of it. But it does remind us of this: that that we are a connected people. We we are who we are because of all who have gone before us you know we um some people talk about standing on the shoulders of those who've gone before us but it just creates a weird mental picture in me in my mind so i i, I love one of the pictures that johnny shared with us that that we are you know each generation you know as it as it goes back you know dust to dust uh ashes to ashes there's, there's this real sense that we stand we stand on the on the ashes of one another, we stand on the we stand on the, in the soil and the bedrock of those who have gone before. It kind of helps. It, it, otherwise, it's a really, really, really tall person. Um, so, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it's probably just just probably my my um, my quirkiness. But wh- that's who we stand on, and that's who we grow from today. So I want to give you a really a, a really kind of potted version of of church history from uh, from. Oh, let me see if this is going to work. A church begins in, in Pentecost. Jesus, Jesus gathers the twelve, gathers, gathers the crowd, and then, and then breathes the Holy Spirit into the disciples. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost. And, and a lot of people would say that the church was born on the day of Pentecost. But, but we know that's, that's, that's where we come from. And and for the first three centuries, we just saw this this expansion of the gospel. That they went they they went sometimes by persecution and sometimes by deliberate missionary plans, but they went uh, throughout the, the known world. Um, tradition tells us that you know that the early apostles went as far as India. Uh, we know that they went they went across to um, uh, uh, through through Egypt. They went east and they went west. They went wherever God would open a door. Uh, and then the there's this kind of a few significant events that are kind of probably helpful. In 313, there was the Council of Constantinople, where, where Emperor Constantine uh, makes Christianity, instead of being the persecuted religion, he makes it the official uh, Roman state religion, which, w- which was kind of good and bad. It was, it was a helpful thing for the church. It was an unhelpful thing for the church, but nonetheless, it's part of our history. And, uh, and so the church still was somewhat this, this, this one amorphous blob of people. Uh, then, uh, 1054 came the, the event known as the Great Schism, which is such an awesome name. <laughs> Remember back to the Great Schism. <laughs> Everything was good until then. But the, the Great Schism was when was when some of the some of the then church leaders kind of had a had, they had a falling out, um, and um, some of it was about who's who's going to be top dog, and the, and the other part of it was about should communion should the should the mass be leavened bread or unleavened bread. And um, that, was the, that was the cause, well, that was the presenting cause of the great schism. And so at that point, the church split into two parts. It split into the eastern part, which is the Orthodox churches today, uh, the, you know, the Greek Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, the Ukrainian Orthodox, the, um, the Coptic churches and so on. So there was the Eastern Church and there was the Western Church, which was predominantly the Roman Catholic Church, with a, the with a Pope established in, um, in Rome. And again, that went on went on pretty well for another five hundred years until uh, Martin Luther, uh, in in his spare time, kind of went. I'm not very happy with the state of the church. You know, there's there's a number of practices that are ve- extremely uh, destructive to people's lives, and uh, so he uh, he nailed his ninety-five theses onto the Wittenberg door and uh, and caused. The Reformation, he caused, the, again, a, another, another fracturing, well, another, another dividing of the church. And so, and so then the Western church began to split into different, uh, different portions, the Roman Catholic world and the Protestant world. Uh, and, and it gets better because today there are two billion Christians across 45,000 different denominations and movements. And um, now that can kind of seem like a really, that can seem like a negative thing. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, sometimes people would say, what's wrong with you Christians that you can't get on? Why don't you just all go to the same church? And I, I often say to them, well, I don't know, why, do, why, don't, why don't you all live in the same house and have the same name? You know, it, it, we are different people. It's different churches for different types of people. Uh, I, I don't think any of these things that we've looked at here unnecessary negative things the, the events often were negative the events often often had heat uh, in them but they weren't necessarily destructive you know destructive in the sense of uh, uh, you know we're never going to speak to each other again I, I think one of the things I that I've noticed over the years and one of our one of the values of a movement like ours that you know one of our stated values is this that we love the whole church um, you know from the bells and the smells to the to the most uh, 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 mundane of of churches, you know, we we love the whole church, we love it that different people find a home in different places, Uh, you know, and um, so diversity for me is is a really fine thing, you know, I I think it's great as long as we can honour and appreciate what the Holy Spirit's doing in all these different kinds of churches, all these these 45,000 plus different denominations and movements. And and Carol Wimber, who was one of the founders of of our particular movement, put it this way. She said, said, vineyard is just one vegetable in the stew. It's not a better better vegetable. It's not a a worse vegetable. It's just a vegetable. Without that vegetable, the stew wouldn't taste as good. It brings a flavor. We have an important part to play in every church. Even the ones that we maybe find difficult to relate to are really important because some people are going to find their home there. They, you know, w- w- we have to realize that not everybody's going to walk through that door there and kind of go, "I feel really at home with these people. I feel like I could really grow in my Christian walk w- in, in this place." It's, it's, you know, in the same way that you know, I've, I've been, I've visited lots and lots of churches over the course of my life, and and I have a deep love, I think, for every one of them. And some of them, I'm kind of like, I could flourish here, and lots of them, I'm like, I would, I actually find it hard. I'd find it difficult to flourish here, but it's important that we love each other, that we bring our unique flavour to the church and to the world, and so our our particular uh, little story um, is we the vineyard sort of comes from two two roots. One is one is the uh, four square Church, um, and. Um, not the four-square superette. And the other one. So Foursquare four square is a that's Amy Semple McPherson's, uh, gosh what did she call it the Temple of something or other. And um, it's in LA. And uh, ama- amazing building, still still going today. But that was the beginning of, of the Pentecostal move that uh, that happened around um, around the beginning of last century. That there was this fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and and Pentecostal Pentecostalism, I guess, Pentecostal churches began to sprout up everywhere. And and Pentecostal Pentecostal churches are the are the largest grouping of the Protestant world. And uh, and also probably of the of the Western Church, um, and then the other part of our, our roots were the Quaker Quaker churches or Friends Church. That's a that's an early church of the early picture of the uh, Yorba Linda uh, Friends Church, which is where John and Carol Wimber, who are who who were some of the key characters in our story, uh, that was where they were going, and. Uh, and then, it, and then one other kind of flavor that's probably th- – that I think is quite important in our, in our um, particular understanding is, is that we're quite influenced by the Celtic church, that there's this deep sense of, of thinking that, that as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. We, you know, we expect that God speaks through, through creation. You know, we we don't think that creation is unspiritual. So so we think there's there's this integrated model of what God has created that we need to appreciate. Um, and again, I don't really have a huge amount of time to unpack that. But just to say that that our our roots come from those two things. So so you if you've ever. Um, uh, I would encourage you, if you haven't seen it already, to to watch the Jesus Revolution movie. It, it was uh, lots. Of, I know lots of people here have seen it. Loved it. Um, you know, uh, uh, Vicky and I watched it and, it, and it just it was it was interesting. The response in our hearts. It put such a deep longing in our hearts. You know, huh? Vicky cried. D- do you think I did? <laughs> I squeezed. I pulled. <laughs> But it was it was beautiful, you know. I, I, I for me, it was just this deep hunger, uh, because because it's it's speaking of our roots. And so the the story is of this of this hippie preacher Lonnie Frisbee, who who wanders into a uh, Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel is part of the Foursquare denomination, along with Hope Chapels and lots of other lots of other kind of streams out of that movement. Um, and our particular family of churches began as a result of this fresh activity of the Holy Spirit. This, this year, we, we celebrate our fiftieth anniversary, as as the Vineyard Churches. So fifty years ago, uh, the feller on the, so Lonnie Frisbee is the good looking guy on the left. Uh, Joni and Ken Erickson, a uh, I should say, are are in the center. And Ken Gullickson was part of this part of what was happening in the in the LA area with this with the with the jesus revolution and um, and uh, just heaps of young people becoming christians at that time he um, he began a church in west hollywood uh, that that predominantly attracted uh, recording artists and and movie people and all that kind of stuff you know some of it, some of our little heroes like you know <laughs> little heroes so little little my heroes people like bob dylan and Keith Green, and they were, they were part of that early church that Ken and Joni planted in West Hollywood. And um, so they planted that church, and God gave them the name uh, Vineyard uh, as the name of that. It was, it, was, it was loosely connected to the Calvary Chapel, but, but I don't know that uh, Chuck Smith, particularly one who was leading Calvary Chapel, particularly wanted to own um, or to take responsibility for what Ken was doing. Uh, and that church grew to five churches, and then uh, at the same time, uh, John and Carol Wimber and Bob and Penny Fulton. These are some people that you've that you've seen uh, here, um, or you've seen in some of our conferences over the years. Uh, they they were part of the of the Yorba Linda Calvary, uh, the Linda Friends Church, and uh, they they began to find themselves being finding themselves. I, I think they described themselves as being. Burnt-out Pharisees, that they would met Jesus and their faith had grown tired, and it had just grown. It's just, it's just words, you know. It's just, it's just, uh, you know. It's just our belief, but our hearts are un- uninvolved. And they began to gather in a, in a home. And begin and just began to worship, just sing simple worship songs to Jesus, and to pray for each other. Not not to pray, not to pray any grand prayers, but just simply to pray for one another's needs. And and so these two things were happening at the same time. And what 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 began to happen was that 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 little gathering in your Belinda uh, began to grow, and. Uh, and in 19 well let me see 1975 no yeah 1975 they they began to to form themselves into a church um, that the the quakers kind of didn't didn't particularly enjoy the activity of the holy spirit that was happening at that point and so they they felt that they needed to be a part of to be separate from the Quaker Church um, they've, they've, they've been, they were, they were released with a blessing and it's been great blessing you know just just to fill you in on the last 50 years um, they are they are still very very good friends and very good uh, very in very good relationship um, but but you have these two sort of groups so you've got Ken Gullickson over in West West Hollywood you've got you've got the Wimbers and the Fultons with this with this your Belinda Calvary Chapel Church in um, uh, in in uh, Orange County again in that Los Angeles area, and God begins to speak to them. and And uh, Ken Gullicon says to, to John, "I think you should take over the leadership of this movement because it's starting to it's starting to really take off. We're starting to plant churches all over the place." And then the then, then the Lonnie Frisbee fella, uh, you know, who if you've seen the movie is is is, is an incredible person, flawed. Uh, but amazing he carried something of some some incredible deposit from god something some incredible charisma of god and, um, and and he was able to he was he came to the Yorba Linda calvary chapel church uh, on 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 Mother's Day in 1976, and 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 prayed this prayer, "Come, Holy Spirit," and the Holy Spirit just kind of blew their church into life. It was it was uh, just a purely evangelical church at that point in time, and it just began to grow and expand. And um, and so anyway, those churches began to grow, and so John became the leader of of the Vineyard in uh, in uh, 1982. And they they grew and grew and grew and, and began to get a reputation around the world. Uh, and so our little story in New Zealand, uh, for how how it intersected with us was in 1986, uh, there was a team that John Wimber brought, uh, and they did a conference here in uh, what's now the Victory Christian Centre down in the corner of, uh, or d- down by where the Harbour Bridge starts, and an uh, amazing conference. And... Uh, and uh, I, I think about 4,000 people from pretty much every, every denomination in New Zealand, people came to that because they'd heard about what was happening. They'd, they'd heard about the worship. And then heard that that there was that was signs and wonders. People were getting healed, uh, people were being restored in their faith, they were being renewed in their faith, and so people from all over our country came to that. And Vicky and I were no different. We, by this time, we were living in Snells Beach. We planted a Baptist church there in Snells Beach, and we were we were three years into it. It was a, it was it was really a very successful church. We were the darling of the movement at one point because we baptized more people in one year than than. Any other churches in our in our in our Baptist movement? So it was it was a successful, really successful church, and most of the growth was conversion growth. It was people coming and, and finding Jesus, not you know not just joining from another church, and and yet by the time we hit three years in in 1986, I, I was I was fried. You know, I'd I'd um, I'd been. Taught the philosophy of you know the devil never takes a holiday so neither should you you know I was I was taught by a very broken person, um, and um, a, a, you know and, and so you know I knocked on every door in the community shared 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 the gospel with everybody in the community it was it was that it was that kind of every you know it's all about me, and you can t- you know it doesn't take a lot to imagine that after three years of thinking this is all about me and this is all about my hard work, um, you, you get a little tired. You know, because it's like you you strap the church to your back and you try and carry it. And the the bigger it gets, the harder it becomes. And so we got to the point where I I was so desperate. I was actually beginning to apply for teaching jobs. Um, It was like, I am that desperate, John. I'm... I'm gonna go back to teaching <laughs> apologies to all the teachers it is a it is, it is a grand and holy tradition um, profession but, but for me for, for me it marked a point of oh my goodness'm I'm, I'm fried you know you wouldn't have taken me at teach first because it's like we don't want burnt out pastors <laughs> but anyway um, but but it was this it was this kind of feeling of you know, it just it just feels all too hard. It, it feels like we're going through the motions. You know, we we were seeing we were seeing lovely activity of the Holy Spirit, but it felt like it was all about us. It, it felt like we were the ones that were carrying it. It felt like if you know if, if we didn't keep putting energy in, then then everything would stop. And so I you know I went down. Johnny had just been born, so so um, Vicky was very very busy, and um, so I I snuck down and uh, went to this conference. And uh, down here in Auckland, and walking into that conference was was a life-transformative moment for me, uh, because I walked in there, and uh, you know, initially, I mean, they came and they played, they played all Vineyard songs, and and people very rudely, I thought, for New Zealanders, were starting to shout out, "Play songs we know," um, <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> but but for me, I was. <laughs> Can't imagine Kiwi saying that, can you? It must have been very desperate. Um, <clears throat> but but the music was beautiful, and the and the and the style of music, you know, was, was amazing. The, the, you know, the, the, it was just so different from what we'd been experiencing in the church in New Zealand at that point of time. And John comes, and he, and he, you know, John is very a very un, amazing man, but he was a very understated man. He, I, I think the first time he walked out, he came out, you know, in a tracksuit. And it's like, you know, I, I'd been – at that time in the 80s, it was like you dressed for power, you know. And and so pastors wore suits, um, and and they dress sharp. And, you know, and it's kind of this, this California guy walks out – first time he came out in the tracksuit, the second time he came out in a Hawaiian shirt. It was like, dude, he needs some help. Um, <laughs> but but – but something about it just took me, and he began to teach about the kingdom of God. And I know Johnny's going to teach more about this in the in the coming Sundays. But, but, but that when he began to teach about the kingdom of God, it was like a light went on for me, you know, because I, I, at that point in time, you either you either had quite conservative, um, cessationist-type churches that that said, well, you know, the, the gifts of the Spirit don't happen anymore, or, or you had sort of Pentecostal churches that were like, you know, the, they were the dress for power. And, and make outrageous claims, but everyone's going like, nothing's really happening though. Uh, and, and, you know, and it felt to me like that was, that was a price too high to pay to see the Holy Spirit move, to, you know, to, to kind of dress badly and, and, um, and make outrageous claims, you know, and to shout a lot, you know, because I'm not a, not a shouter lover not a fighter and you know and it was it was like I, I don't if that's the price to see the holy spirit touch people and heal people it, the price is too high and here's john you know so he, he teaches this beautiful teaching about the kingdom of god you know and, and he's saying things like you know that the 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 power is in the kingdom it's not in the person you know, you don't have to become this amazing person. You know, he told, he told a story, and it, you know, it was slightly facetious, but he told the story about how someone, after an incredible, uh, you know, conference session where people, you know, demons had come out and people had been healed and there had been miracles of healing, blind people had seen, you know, and, and someone, you know, people asked him, so what do you, how do you prepare yourself, you know, as the holy man for these, for these incredible events? He says, well, I, I, I watch a bit of TV and, and drink Diet Coke. And people are like, wow. well, for, but for me, it was like, oh my goodness, I can do that. <laughs> that's something I can do. Diet Coke, not so much, but, but you know, I could do that. That's amazing if that's, what, if that's the preparation. Because up to that point in time, we, we thought you had to become an incredibly amazing person to see anything like this happen and so for me and and then at the end of again at the end of the of the teaching he said well let's let's invite the holy spirit to come and and again in most in most meetings that I'd been to it, there was the the music sort of created this emotional feel and the you know the whoever was leading that ministry time was was, was I, sorry, these are terrible caricatures, I know, and I have to go and repent after this, but, um, but, but it felt like, you know, every, everyone was manipulated and, you know, come forward and push people over and, you know, it's like, oh, this is just awful. Well, John, John's just like, you know, it was like cold turkey. It was just like, come holy, there was no music, there was no, <laughs> there was, it was just cold turkey. And then people started crying, people started falling over, people started flipping out of their chairs. It, it, it was like heaven entered, the world, ent- entered that room with, with, you know, with John basically in his tracksuit just standing there with his hands in his pockets looking and just kind of saying, you know, this, this, you know, isn't that wonderful what's happening up there? Th- isn't that amazing what's happening down here? You know, it was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm hooked. I've found my family. I've found my tribe. You know this, you because know, it, it wasn't about trying to become something. It, it was, a, it was about that the, that the power was in the kingdom, not in the person. You know, and so for me, I was hooked. So we went back, and we, you know. You, we, we tried to kind of live this out. And, and, then, and then eventually what happened is we just kind of realized, that, you know, we're, we're square pegs in a round hole in, in terms of trying to fit within our movement. And, and, this, is, and this is not to disparage our movement because I, I will be forever grateful to the Baptist Union for, for letting a young punk like me have a go. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I was very, very grateful and very, very appreciative, but it was, it was kind of like they're walking that way and we're walking this way. And so, and so we again we took a, we took some time out to seek God, and and these are the these are the two scriptures primarily that God spoke to us about starting this movement. And um, well, we, actually, sorry, I, I'm jumping way ahead because we didn't think it was a movement at that point. We just thought we were going to start a group of people meeting in a home, and uh, and see if and see if we could see if we could kind of get ourselves free of, of the encumbrances of, of what felt like church ministry. Because so, I, I, I'd got to the point where it felt like most of my time was about church budgets, about buildings, a, about putting out fires, about what color the towels are going to be in a room. And, you know, it's like, I just don't, I don't care. <laughs> I truly really don't care. But my, my energy is being spent on all this and so and so for us it was this, it was this invitation to kind of go maybe would the would the lord give us permission to start something that's a little bit different that that you know could we do church that's that's freed from lots of those seeming encumbrances that that just seemed to take our strength and t- took our you know took our uh, uh, our focus away because both Vicky and I it, we we'd, we'd said yes to Jesus about church planting um because we just wanted to help people find Jesus and help them grow. That, that was all it was about. And it felt like so much of church life stopped that uh, because everything else seemed to take its place. And so these were the two scriptures in Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. And there was this, there was this deep sense of invitation that, that the Lord was saying, I want you to pause and stop and look and ask me which way you're meant to walk. And that for us was, was, a, was encouragement. And, and then the second one was in, his, in Exodus thirty three fourteen, 14, where, where Moses is at that point of about to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. And he's like, oh, my goodness, this, this, is a, this task is way beyond me. And he stands there and he says, Lord, Lord ha, ha, who will go with us? You know, at least I've managed to get Aaron to speak for me. Now, but who will go for us? You know, who will go in front of us? Who will speak? Who, you know, who's, who's going who's gonna to be with us? Will you, will you go with us? And, and God replies, and this, this has been such a life verse for me. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And as a very tired, burnt out pastor at that point, that was, that was such life for me. It was like, it's, a, it's about as if I, I don't want to do this if his presence is not coming. You know, if, if he's not in, if he's, if he's not giving permission, I'm not taking that step. But if he's saying, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Rest sounded so good. Mm-hmm. And so we began this journey. And, and, to, you know, and, it's, and there's folks in this room here that were with us as we began to meet in our, in our lounge room in Snell's Beach. And we just worshipped and prayed and, and prophesied over each other. And it was such a sweet, sweet time, but but unfortunately, it grew it grew from that, and we ended up having to move into a building, and um, and uh, so we we launched a church called um, Harvest Christian Center because we we quickly realised it was not going to fit into our into our lounge room, and we met in the in the Maharangi Community Centre, and then just speeding the story up because I want there's a couple of things I want to focus on. We um, we then moved to Auckland. Uh, Vicky and I uh, gave the, gave the church uh, to new pastors, and we and we moved to Auckland. We planted a church called Metro Harvest, and um, which then became uh, the Auckland City Vineyard Church. And um, again, in this whole journey, we the influence the influence of the Vineyard was such that I began to write. To John Wimber and saying, you know, could we be vineyard? It's kind of like a little kid, you know, can I play? Can I play? Can I play? Um, but, but writing into him and saying, could we be vineyard? You know, we feel like we feel like we've sort of received something from you, and we want we'd, we'd love to do this some more, and um, we'd, and we'd love to be part of the vineyard family of churches, and uh, that that'd be brilliant if we could do that, and uh, you know, he consistently would say no, uh, we we have no plans for for planting churches in New Zealand or Australia or frankly, anywhere else outside of North America. And um, so the answer is no, but any, everything we have is yours. You know, you, you can have any of our resources, any, anything we've learned, we'll, we'll, we'll freely share it with you, uh, w- which was good enough for us. Um, and, and yet over time, we found that the relationship was growing stronger and stronger. We would, we would go up and we'd go to the conferences in the States and we'd, we, were, we were being formed. We were, we were like a vineyard by another name. And so, and so in 19, uh, 1995, the 10 harvest churches that had been planted throughout the country then became the, the first 10 uh, vineyard Christian fellowships. And, uh, and then in, uh, in 1997, about, about um, 10 days after having a stroke, uh, which is why Vicky and I look somewhat strained, um, that that was uh, that was when we were commissioned as national directors to to lead the vineyard movement in New Zealand. So we were, John John and Carol Wimber on the left, and Bob and Penny Fulton on the right, and and two possums staring into the into the light in the middle. Um, it was interesting. Um, so we became we became those uh, the leaders of this movement. Now what I wanted to what I wanted to kind of move on to now. And just just for a wee few minutes would be just to talk about so th- that's a kind of a, a little history of, of how we're connected to the whole church, how we love the whole church, and how the church came apart. You know, there's there's lots of other parts of the story, but but we would love to talk just about so so when you walk into a church like like Urban Vineyard, you know, is it just that someone just had a good idea one time and thought it'd be really cool to put chairs like this? It'd be really cool to to always always have churches and ugly buildings, um, and n- normally normally we have churches that have pillars in them. O- almost every every building we've we've been in has pillars right in the middle. Um, it's, uh, that's not part of the plan, but but every church that, that you every church in New Zealand that you see began somewhere. You know it, it, it's you know it, it, Every single church in New Zealand, you know, sometimes the criticism is, is leveled against churches like ours that, well, you, you're just, you know, you're just Johnny Came Latelys, you know, you're, you're just fly by nighters. You know, where's, where's the credentials? But the reality is every church in New Zealand was started by someone, you know, and we also were started by people. And, and the, I, don't, I, don't, I think there's nearly around about 30 vineyard churches in New Zealand at the moment, and, and every one of them was started by someone. Who kind of went through this kind of sense of it's like building a house, and, and in fact Jesus talked about our lives as being like building a house, and and every church and its foundations has some basic philosophical and theological presuppositions. For example, you know we believe that God is good, we believe that God's knowable, we believe that He wants to have relationship with them. With you know, you know there's, there's some basic things like that. And then there's, then there's other parts of it which, which are like the, the kingdom theology, which is like this framework that, that, that explains why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Why do some people get healed when we pray for them and some people don't get healed when we pray for them? Why do some people go through their entire life with great suffering and, and other reprobates go through life with everything just turning to gold, whatever they touch? How does that work? You know, and what, the, and, and what kingdom of God theology does, it gives you a framework to understand the reality of life. Otherwise, what bad theology does is, is, we, is, is, we, is we distort our experience to fit our theology. But, but for us, our theological presupposition is this. It's all about the kingdom of God, that, that the kingdom of God is, is expanding and, and will fill the entire world. You know, that, that the kingdom, that the glory of God will fill, fill the, 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 the earth as the rivers, as, as the waters cover the sea. You know, that's the, that's the picture that, that we live with. And, and so every church has these theological foundations. And then, and then the, the kind of question of what's it going to be like? Well, there's values and there's, there's, there's vision and mission and purpose. So, so those things there are often unseen in a church. But for us, they're really important. You know, for, for us, our, our values are things like you know we value we, we value calling it for what it is. If nothing's happening, nothing's happening. We're not going to pretend. You know, we're not we're not going to try and make something happen. It's, we're okay if if it's not exciting. It's, it's all right. You know, it's we um you know we, we have a value for for a relaxed approach. We're not casual. Casual is awful, but we have a relaxed approach. You know, because we just realize it's not about us. It's all about the king. It's all about him. It's he who's at work, not us. And, and, then, and then we, and the, oh, those are just a few of the things. Um, and then we, then we look at this, this kind of sense of the, of the priorities. You know, why did we do the things that we do you know, today? Why did we start with, with worship? Why did we start with music? Then why do we have preaching as, as such? No, it's not, not very good preaching today, but 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 why do we have this kind of activity um, where, where we take the Bible and we open it and we begin to teach from it? What, those are just values that we have and and they're, and they're how we how we shape the kind of church that we are. Uh, our, our theological base, if you want another beautiful diagram, our, our theological base uh, is like this. I, I know the word evangelical is, is now, because of what's happening in, in the U.S., evangelicalism has has become almost synonymous with Christian nationalism. But evangelicalism is, is a is a is a system of belief that believes that that the Bible is the word of God. That that uh, that that every one of us make it, must make at some point a, a conscious commitment to follow Christ. Uh, that that the scriptures are the are the rule for our. Life. I can't remember the, the pillars of evangelicalism, but. Uh, off the top of my head um, cuz I'm, I'm old and um, but but we're we're so we're evangelical in our theology but our practices would look like they're pentecostal but we wouldn't say we're a pentecostal church we, th- there's some there's some aspects of pentecostal theology that we'd say mm, don't think so I, I i don't think i don't think that's how it works so so we're evangelical in that sense of we believe we we believe what evangelicals you know across time have believed about the person of Jesus, about the need for personal salvation, about the, about the need to be, to be gathered into churches and so on. Uh, but our practice is like we believe in healing, we believe in prophecy, we, we believe that that all the stuff that happened in the book of Acts are still for today. They they haven't stopped. And, and our key question theologically is is always: so then how how then does the kingdom of God advance? And and so. You know, with, with more traditional conservative uh, traditions, they would tend to think, well, the, the kingdom of God advances by you know by people learning about about the gospel, about people learning about this is this is the right way to live, uh, and perhaps you know by by the conversion of, of of children or the or the baptism of infants and so on. And at the other end of the, of the of the. Uh, of the spectrum, there's, there's there's kind of restoration type churches that are always like there's a new thing coming. You know, there's there's apostles and prophets, and you know I- everything up to now has been pretty pretty terrible. But a new there's going to be a new thing happening, and and you know we can and, and we're always we're always kind of it's always tomorrow. You know, it's, it, as a surfer, it was always like you know the surf was awesome yesterday. It was It's going to be awesome tomorrow, but when you turn up, it's awful. You know, it's it's, it's, it's that kind of theology is like that. It's just doesn't feel right it doesn't work because because it does damage to our hearts it forces us to act like we're like with a lack of integrity and so sort of homing it in a little bit because because we're often we're often misunderstood as being a Pentecostal church and in Pentecostal churches there's this there's this general belief and again you know like I say these are all caricatures but there's this general belief that that um the kingdom of God advances, or, or people, people have encounters, or people make their steps forward because a, a, a highly anointed person lays hand, hands on them. The, so, the, so there's anointed people, special anointed people, who, who touch people, and they, and, they, and they get something, and that helps them move forward. Uh, for us, our, our understanding is it's, it's not the holy person. It's not, it's not I'm going to spend a lot of my time trying to become this incredible person. Because to become that, you know, much of my early Christian life was lived within that theology of I've got to become a better person. If, if, If I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, there's something wrong with me. You know, I'm not holy enough. I've got, I must have some secret sin. I, you know, I know I've got plenty of sin I know about. You know, and I'm I'm trying to deal with it, but I must have some other stuff. I, you know, so I've got to I've got to ruthlessly root out every kind of sin, every terrible thought, every, you know. I, I I need to if I'm spending one hour in prayer every day, I need to spend two hours of prayer every day. If I'm speaking in tongues for 15 minutes a day, I need to spend time. I need to spend 30 minutes a day speaking in tongues. It's it's always like it's just out of grasp. It's it's always like, I could, I'm, almost, I'm almost anointed enough to do this stuff, but clearly not, because when I pray, it doesn't happen. That's an awful theology, because, because it just, it, you know, or, or otherwise, it, it, the, the mirror image of it is, is that the guilt then is put on the person who's prayed for. Well, I know I'm a holy person, so therefore, you don't have enough faith. You... Have sin in your life. You need to go and you know get your life sorted out. I, you know, you know what I'm saying it's a, it's a it's a brutal theology, <laughs> yeah, and and I'm and I'm doing violence to it as well. I must admit, <laughs> but, but for us, you know, for us, we we would understand this that it's, you know, the, the difference between the, those those two things of obedience, and. And, um, and anointing is a little bit like this. You can be, you can be the best sell- – you know, you've got, a, you've got a really lousy product, and so you try to become the very best, slickest salesperson you can possibly be, and you occasionally make sales because you, you're the world's best salesperson. But you're actually selling a really inferior product. Or you could be the world's worst salesperson, but the product that you're presenting just sells itself. And for us, that's how we see the gospel – we're not trying you know it's not about us we're not trying to become these incredible people that so that people will follow Jesus we're saying he's amazing John Wimber used to say this he says you know I'm tired of hearing about all the amazing men of God he says I want to hear about the amazing God of men you know and and that if anything just just explains the difference between these two things and so for us when we see the kingdom of God advance, when we lay hands on someone and they get healed, or, or you know, or we bring a prophecy or something, you know, it's it, it's it's much more about we we as very ordinary, feeling unanointed most of the time, people just just take a step in obedience. We've had that nudge from God. Go and pray for that person, you know, or, or, or look, there's something happening there. Go and pray for them, and very ordinary people, you know, we 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 never get. We're like Clark Kent who never quite makes it to the to the phone box to you know to swap his clothes out. You know we are just we are always Clark Kent. You know we always feel like I I I'm so aware of my inadequacies. I'm so aware of un, un, how unanointed I am, but I am so aware of how incredible God is. I am so incredible that the Holy Spirit is here right now and he wants to do something. And so, you know, and so it just, it just frees us, I think, from this, from this sense of, you know, we, sh- we should always lean into obedience. We should always be wanting to become better people. You know, we should always want to become more Christ-like. But that's not the key. That's not the key to how the kingdom of God advances. It's always about the king of the kingdom. And we recognize the king of the kingdom and we welcome him. And so our so our, our vision and our mission as churches is just simply this building churches that make disciples who reach the world for Jesus. You know, that's what we've given ourselves to, and that's what Johnny's leading us in, as being a church that makes disciples, that preaches the gospel in such a way that people say, I, I want in. You know, I, I want to be part of this, who reach the world for Jesus. And then finally, and truly this is final, um, just, just to it's, it's almost to kind of say this because in the in the coming weeks we're probably going to unpack some of these things. But what makes what makes a vineyard church feel like a vineyard church when you walk into it? And like I, you know, again harking back to Carol Wimber's thing of we're just one vegetable in the stew, We're not saying we're the best church in town. You know, obviously we're not. You know, we're but but we're the best church for us. You know, and we're the best church for the next hundred people that are going to come walking in those doors and say so I've I've found i found Jesus and I've found home. But, but for us, you know, this, this is the way that we order our priorities. You know, it's the, again, going back to that picture of uh, our priorities of the framing. It's, a, it's what the thing looks like when you walk in and see it. And our, and our priorities are this. You know, we, we think that the, you know, the one, I think there's only one place where God speaks generally to all people and says, this is what I'm looking for. And John 4.24, he says, the Father is looking for worshippers, those that will worship him in, in spirit and in truth. And so for us, you know, it's not about music. It's, it's about worship. And we, and we think that our highest purpose as human beings is that we're created to be worshippers of God. You know, we have lots of little sayings, but, you know, we talk about being, being worshipers of God and deliverers of people or rescuers of people. Uh, but, but we think that worship, you know, if all we did today was worship worship God, that's enough. Um, some people think about when, when we say, but, but the preaching, of, you know, the preaching of the word is our next priority. And, and it's not saying that it's lesser than, than worship, but, but worship is, is our entire being. We're created to be worshipers. Our life is to be a worship. Every step that we take, every word that we make. Uh, about to burst into a song there. But <laughs> <laughs> resisting, resisting. Ah <Yeah>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. <clears throat> but everything that we do is, is to make Jesus known, is to, is to give him glory. But we teach the word of God because we, we believe that that's where all truth comes from. You know, so that's why you know. Whenever we gather, someone will open the Scripture and teach from it, uh, and then fellowship. It seems a strange thing, again, but but there's this recognition that that this is not a solo event. You know that that we that we are church together. We're not church alone. We have a relationship with Jesus individually, but we are the church together, and and He invites us. You know, to 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 um. In uh, Hebrews 10:25, it says, "Don't don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together. Encourage one another as the as these days draw near. You know, there's, there's this, we need each other. You know, it's that it's that wonderful sense. And so you know, so for us, small groups during the week and G3s and calling each other and praying for each other, it's all part of, of what makes this church what it is. And then ministry. You know, again, we we think it's really important that we give time to ministering to one another. So taking time to praying for one another. It's, it's not just, oh, that's, uh, we're a vineyard church, so we have to do it. You know, It's this genuine sense of when God's in the room and, and we've sensed his presence here and, he, and and he's promised that his presence will go with us. And when his presence is here, his, his presence and his power are the same thing. If his presence is here, there's power to do kingdom stuff. So he's here amongst us. and then And then finally, the last two... Training is just always, you know, we, we, we actually have a much higher priority on stopping and explaining what we do, you know, like, like this long talk this morning, uh, to take time to explain who we are, why we do it, because we, rather than just having a really a really slick meeting, you know, we, we don't, you know, we, we don't want to do our meetings badly, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that, is that we stop and learn, and, 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 we, and everyone gets to have a crack. And then finally, this thing of sending, that, that, that we have this deep sense of when we walk out of this door, you know, that we are the church being sent into our city, into our neighborhoods, and so on.